0: But then I thought, like, is a food delivery profitable enough to use some GPS AI robot?
1: I, I want to kick them.
2: You're listening to United States of the Land in support
3: of the People's House Mutual Aid Network. Hey, there? Yeah. i Am a better? Testing. One, two. All Testing. Right. See, this is, this
1: is also it. As everyone gets really nervous when they have a mic in front of them all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and because we can't check the output, there's no way to really know. We got we to be loud.
1: <laughs> yeah, we yeah. got to be
0: loud. We got to be. Yeah. This is about the, the volume it needs to be. Okay. Cool. Yeah. My mom was like, they
3: want to interview you for what? I'm like, they don't want you, mom. Don't worry. They don't want you. <laughs> oh, no. We'd
1: have love to have her on at some point. So... I feel like one of the... There's a couple of things that also en- enjoy the cake, Rob. <laughs> it's so good. I am. <laughs> <laughs> it was warm when he gave it to us. Yes. It was, like, fresh out of the oven. Yes. Um, and you, Andre? Yeah. Yes. Thank you.
3: You're welcome. Yeah. It's delicious. They ate the chocolate. They didn't give me
1: any chocolate. No, we didn't yeah. give him any chocolate. Okay. But, I, honestly, I think this was I think this was better than the chocolate. Is it? I gave him the better piece. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. cool. We, we've... <laughs> But both of them are equally like it's like an eighth now. Mm. Um, so I, I feel like some of the things that I, I definitely wanted to touch on, um, you know, our first episode that we, we recorded, what feels like forever ago because it's been such a long time of technical issues and all sorts of things, but mm-hmm. um, you know, just hearing about growing up in the area, hearing about this neighborhood, yeah, because you know, I'm new here, I've been here. Two years, which still and feels has, very new.
3: For the time that I have been here, it has been doing this transformation. Yeah. Yeah. So there's know. been a big change oh, there. Yeah.
1: But also, I think it's, I think, like, for me, part of when I hear about your stories about, like, your family in Oklahoma mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. moving to Santa Monica and right. kind of seeing Los Angeles through all these transitions and changes, it, it resonates with me as I learn more about sort of like the alternative American history that you don't hear in high school school. history Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And how relevant that is to current events and Mm -hmm. current things Mm -hmm. happening right now compared to say my own family's history. Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my father grew up in back upstate New York and he had a road built that displaced his own family home when mm-hmm, he was a kid, mm-hmm. but I can't really relate that pure, that event mm-hmm. to anything having to do with American history at any other period. Right. But like your family moving from Oklahoma to California was a part of like I'm I'm going to make an assumption here the Great Migration during during the 20s right mm-hmm. which was a big, big a big deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot happening in the twenties in Oklahoma. Yes. You know? And that's like when I read history, that's like, wow, Andre, mm-hmm. you have been your family has been writing the history of the yeah, United they States. Re- really have. You really have been. Really. Absolutely.
0: Did did your did your parents and grandparents talk to you about this history?
3: Um well, they've been part of history because my grandfather and his brother owned a seventy six gas station on twentieth and broadway across from the church we had so it, it, this this group grew smaller and smaller you know as they as we got older you know mm-hmm. so and i grew up in, with uh, you know a lot of white people in my life mm-hmm. and um, it was cool
1: yeah it really was cool yeah you grew up i'm not i'm not trying to date you here uh-huh. um, but it, like I'm you si- kind of I'm 62 I'd have to do some math. So uh, you, you were born in the sixties? Fifty eight. Fifty eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then kinda like the sixties, really like com- becoming aware of yeah. like bigger things happening in the seventies and eighties, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What were what were some major things that really stuck out to you as you were growing up, sort That's of
3: it wasn't the race card never mm-hmm. came
1: up. Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, you my know, like I said, my grandfather and, and my uncle had a business mm-hmm. and that was a big deal in the African American community. Mm-hmm. They had to own businesses yeah. in Santa Monica. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And as I said across the street from the church. And I'm like, Wow. As I got mm-hmm. older mm-hmm. and people start talking to me about, you know, y- you don't have a problem with race. I'm like,
1: you're right. Mhm. Mhm.
3: But, you know, hello.
1: Mhm. And it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to, to piece if it all no, together it, it, because there's just so much there's so much there. Because yeah, I, I, I know that I've done you know, looking into like the business community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just how often as black business owners became more successful, successful. oftentimes they there would be a push from like white communities to take that away, take it away. Mm-hmm. right as well but you know i i think it's really interesting too from from your perspective as well that you know that was still you were still a part of that whole community oh, you know, yes right yeah because I, I played with
3: uh white kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i mean and i loved it you know they embraced me and i mm-hmm. was right along with them do or die I had a great time. I don't don't have anything negative to say. Although, like, uh, we we took a trip to New Orleans, Mm -hmm. and it was some kids that uh, that were with us, right? And the man said, "You can't come in here. He can come in here, but you Mm -hmm. can't come in here."
1: Mm -hmm.
3: And he did. He know he was just a light skinned black brother, and they just didn't know him. They They didn't didn't even. Yeah. It it didn't. It behooves them to. uh, And I was like. Wow, what yeah. is this about? You know? And mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, hmm, this mm-hmm. kind of stings a little bit. Yeah. But um, and A I lot. Came, yeah. But a I lot. came home yeah. and it was, I'm like, do you realize what we really went through? Yeah. Just amazing.
0: Was that your first time experiencing an event like that? Yeah. Yeah. And how old were you? God, at, see, 17, 18. Okay.
3: Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm like I said, I grew up with Sally and Bob. <laughs> Aren't
1: those, those, those are your parents' names, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my dad's yeah. name. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 See? See, maybe yeah. we relate it. And M- M- my name, too. <laughs> yeah. So.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm like sucking it all in because I had a great time. And I went to Santa Monica <laughs> High School. I was. um. Chug- what are those things called? Yearbook person. Mm-hmm. you know. And I thought, wow, this is
0: cool. So you, you kind of came of age in like the late 60s, 60s early 70s. 70s. Yeah, yeah. What was that like uh, living in Los Angeles at that time and coming of age? Hmm.
3: You know, I just, didn't, I, I embrace the good, you know. By all means, I, I embrace the good. And I I didn't, I just didn't, if it it didn't fit in my scope of things, then I didn't have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was was some of the things that you were seeing that didn't fit in your scope? Hatred,
3: you know, and as I said, my grandfather, my uncle, I went to high school. I went to, did a stint at college. I had a heart attack in San Diego State University. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, no, I can't go back to school now. Yeah. So I thought, mm, what the hell? But uh, we, we made it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We made it work. My um boyfriends were all white. Mm. One one night, the black guy I did, he drove me cr- absolutely crazy. <laughs> <So>
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, Lord, why <laughs> me? Was was any of the experience, um, any of the experience that you saw uh, directed at you for the f- being a gay man?
3: No, they always say
0: you're not gay. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I'm like,
3: <laughs> you're like whatever uh, you say. <laughs> it, it wasn't called gay, then. It was you a faggot. Are oh, you not a faggot? Are you? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> if you have to ask, you missed
0: it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I'm I'm
3: like, what are you gonna question?
0: Yeah, I, I I'm just thinking about like the the kind of like intersectionality of mm-hmm. growing up in Los Angeles, 60s and 70s, African American, mm-hmm. gay man. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it's really cool to hear that you saw the hatred for hatred. what it was, and right. and you wanted to stay above the fray. Amen. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just curious, what, what kind of effort and hardships staying above the fray entailed? Because it doesn't seem easy. Okay,
3: but see, I'm in the church. I'm a gay man, and, so, and and my family didn't, you know. Hey, that's Andre. I got, I got on drugs really early. I've, I've, I've had some, some stuff coming in my life. But yeah. again, I say I embraced the good, right? You know.
0: So w- what I'm hearing you saying is really the community and support that you felt from your family mm-hmm. and the church were instrumental in staying above all that mm-hmm. negativity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the person that
3: oh, this is—I don't know how be want to edit this out, but anyway, my um, cousin who Was uh, uh, he's my cousin, and um, mm, mm, I don't think I want go into that, still,
1: really, yeah. Maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll be able to share it. Okay.
0: okay,
1: no, that's that's absolutely fair. So, what were I mm. uh, just to kind of flip it on the other side? What were I mean. One of the reasons why we wanted to, uh, you know, kind of bring you in for an interview, too, is just uh-huh. so that we can get to know more about the community. Com- yes. So what what on the, the flip side, what were some really great things about growing up in Santa Monica? I mean, Hollywood. I right. mean, right. I, I know in a lot of ways this was kind of like the heyday of uh, yes. El- Los Angeles. right? Yes, indeed. So what West um, Hollywood? Yeah. What, yeah. So what what were some experiences that you had where you were just like having a great time? I got a job really early and after
3: at uh, in, high, in high school, mm-hmm. um, I dressed and people knew it. I danced on Soul Train.
0: Nice. You danced on Soul Train? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know what that. I I, I wonder if it's I on wish YouTube I... <laughs> and if
0: it is, we're gonna link it to the show notes. Heck yeah! <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
3: Yeah, and I I enjoyed every you know, so yeah. I do. I, I think I'm going to mention it. My cousin, he was four years. Uh, I, he was he, he was years ahead of me, but he would molest me, mm-hmm. mm. and I believe his parents knew that he was doing this. Yeah, but that to appease them. Yeah. That was like the sacrificial lamb.
0: And they just swept it under the rug. Under the rug. Never acknowledged mm-hmm.
3: it. And I told my mom when I was a kid, we were all yeah. in her bed and I said, Mom, he he touches me.
0: Yeah.
3: Mom was smoking weed then. And it it just she didn't just didn't believe it. Yeah. And I'm like when I got older I was like, well, what else was I supposed to do? Hmm. Yeah. You know yeah so and he did it and then he, he did it in such a way that hmm uh, he just did it and his parents I blew I knew and a psychiatrist told me why don't you write him a letter yeah you don't have to send it but write him a letter And to this day he's like well he told me b- before he said, you're 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 a faggot, and I, I'm like, but you were having sex with me. Yeah, and um, um, he was like, whatever. But you know, I knew the truth. Right.
0: Right. But I'm like, Lord Jesus,
2: yeah.
3: But it happened, and I, I did write the letter. I did not mail it. Yeah. But I told my mom, and she's like, if, if I would have remembered that. I would have blew this family up, right? Mm. Because we were so prominent in Santa Monica. Mm. I'm like, oh Lord. But it, some days I'm good with it. Some days, when it brings it up, it's
0: just like, whew. yeah, no. yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. First, I, I just want to say I'm, I'm sorry you had to experience that. Yeah, and I, I appreciate the you know courage that you displayed right now and sharing. Sure, it. sure. There's just a lot there. It um, is.
3: I, w- for me to even talk about it today. Absolutely. Which is, is cleansing.
0: Right. That's that's evidence of the freedom and healing that you have experienced. Yes. In, in your journey with this trauma. Hmm. Um, you know, I I work in uh, drug and alcohol treatment. Oh, okay. And a lot of the residents. We get into their trauma and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's so interesting to me that what you just shared is so similar yes to the stories that i hear and that's what i felt like i was unique at first they said no yeah this
3: happens you're just you know you, you're just very open about it yeah you know
0: from from the abuser being um a family a, member
3: yes and he's in the hospital this day
0: with two daughters that
3: he, you know, he had, can't take care of. Yeah. I'm like, you, you know, know what? I guess I was supposed to listen, <laughs> not send that letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. It, and and the fact that the family couldn't acknowledge it, it um, the the s- social pressure to not acknowledge it because mm-hmm. we have a reputation to maintain. Yeah, love. What will the people at the church say? What will the neighbors say? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, just, and just how that secrecy enables that dysfunction Dysfunction. and that abuse to perpetuate yes and and you know i I can only imagine how difficult it is for you to be wounded like that and Mm -hmm. then go to the people who are supposed supposed to to protect you hello and and keep you safe And 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 they do the opposite by basically gaslighting you into saying what you what happened to you isn't real
3: and why yeah why did you allow them to do it you know and, it, and I, i'm not unique i know my story is probably similar to just a lot of a lot of people but it is my story yeah
0: and i i just think it's really important that like we have conversations like this and not yes. not stigmatize it right not pretend it doesn't happen um uh, because it's it it's Statistically, super underreported. Yes, because of the shame, because under, of the stigmatism, under the, under the carpet. But yet, how are we supposed to address with the, address these issues if we're going to pretend the like they don't exist?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can also. I mean, one of the one of the key things that I'm hearing, and and one, Rob, you are just. I think it's just amazing watching you two communicate about this this. because I'm seeing Rob and his element right here. Like this is his work and Andre, it's great to see you opening up and I'm just like, I got to like melt into the corner here. But I think an important piece is you had, you had professional help to talk to. Yes. And that's such a critical thing Mm -hmm. about uh, helping communities and individuals heal Mm -hmm. too, Mm -hmm. is having that support that is beyond, you know, like, no, no one of us without professional training or access to professional help right, is, is right, going right. to be able to get through these sorts of things. But a lot of communities don't have access mm-hmm. to those mm-hmm. resources. Right. Right. And that's huge.
0: Yeah. I think you bring up a really good point, Jeff. Um, I was in preparing for this podcast. I was reading about like what are the elements needed to build a multiracial community hmm. mm-hmm. this is becoming that way
3: right have you noticed it have you noticed it oh
0: yeah a lot of people walking their dogs now and mm-hmm. I'm like cool yeah mm-hmm. and and one of the elements of community is interdependence and and that phrase means we all have needs, needs. that we cannot meet ourselves and the community is supposed to provide oh, hello. an answer to those needs mm-hmm whether it's mental health services or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And you know, it makes it it made me reflect upon like Los Angeles and The Big Picture. The big picture. And maybe in our prosperity we don't need other people. Or that's that that's the that's the delusion mm-hmm. you don't need mm-hmm. other people mm-hmm. and that causes a breakdown of community mm-hmm. like like we're self-sufficient to such a degree that like I don't need my neighbor I don't need but 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 we do, well, we do. We but do. we're just kind of supplementing it with other things mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I don't know I, I was just thinking about that today before before we did this podcast
1: yeah well I mean Andre you're part of the neighborhood watch of this community too yeah. right yeah are there are you a part of anything else sort of you know neighborhood based i know the church is a is a big part of your mm-hmm. life too yeah. but that church is all still on 20th and pico or yeah,
3: now i'm on 19th and we're in michigan now
1: 19th and yeah. michigan uh-huh got it got Down it the
3: from where we used to live yeah so my circle got smaller <laughs> yeah
1: yeah in santa monica though in still, santa right? monica mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so we're we're a little bit east of santa monica just for any listeners, about five miles east of the Santa Monica border, uh-huh. probably uh-huh. five miles. You that, know, about two college, hours in driving about time. Five minutes from the, from the
3: <laughs> s- Santa Monica High School. I mean, um, college.
1: Right to the college. Got right? it. Got it. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty close, but it's not. It's not like this block. It's no. not down the street. Right. It's you know across a major highway or two at this point as well so yes, it's indeed. it's a it's a different community than it is where, within where biking you live distance huh? it is
0: it is within biking distance <laughs> yeah, you can. if you
1: if you try hard <laughs> yeah. if you're willing to get hit by a car <laughs> yeah yeah i i've started um because i'm getting ready ready for our ellen and i's wedding i've started bicycling to work again and it's just such a trip to bike through south central la even now and mm. just just the like you said the the diversifying community but also just the the hugely varying levels of wealth wealth and quality of road i saw lapd a half dozen times in various you know there were people on the train you know there were cops on the train i saw them arresting multiple people and their other responses and so it's just it feels like just a a very different experience than if you were to go like two miles north Mm -hmm. and bicycle across (laughs) another portion of the city as well city mid-city or something like that completely different
0: no i'm i'm in uh winter hills oh okay yeah i'm just in the airport right no uh i'm just just Take a uh, La Cienega about five minutes up the hill. Oh, okay. Slosson? Yeah, like Slosson, Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm at no, Right by the Home Depot. Right by the Home Depot. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: No. My mom to a psychiatrist there. <laughs> so, right on. Good.
1: Good. We're, yeah, we're, good.
3: We're a family that's trying to be on the men.
0: No, that's...
1: I, I'm seeing my therapist, too. Rob's the only one who needs one. <laughs> I'm the
0: whole guy. Yeah. At, and, and, and I'm going against my wife's uh, request because she wants... She started going to therapy... She says, she said, Robert, you need to start going to therapy, (laughs) (laughs) which is, we were just talking about it last week, um, you know, how I'm not taking my own advice because I genuinely believe the same way every person has a medical doctor to look after their medical, their physical needs, Mm -hmm. uh, every person should, we should be thinking about mental health in the same way. Right, right. So, Mm -hmm. I'm just... Preaching to the choir, I guess. No,
1: no, I hear you. No, I, I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's a part of the conversation that people aren't really talking about. But like, I, I, I think we, I, I don't, I don't want to get into too speculative here. But I think that you know, a lot of people no longer go to church, and the church kind of holds in its own, it's, yeah, spiritual faith, sent. Uh, it's a centering, and there's an expectation. That the pastor or the, you know, the head He's of the church of the flock. is in charge of the flock and is there to attend and mend to the flock. And while there, there are issues with that as well, yeah, and, uh-huh. and potentially, yep, yep. you know, a, abusive situations too, on the flip side... Back in the day, everybody had—by everybody, I mean anyone who's a part of these congregations had at least some access to mental health services. It might not be a professional mental health expert, but someone whose profession is to tend to their flock. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so there's a—you know, the breakdown of the church is actually, I think— a contributor to the mental health crisis crisis. and that, you know, there's less of that sort of, I mean, I still think that churches are mutual aid groups. They Mm -hmm. are community Mm -hmm. mutual aid. Um, And, and not having access to that is a a detriment to a lot of people because Mm -hmm. there isn't anything else stepping in, you Mm -hmm. know, the, Mm -hmm. the government isn't stepping in.
0: Yeah. I'd be interested to know Andre, like, how has your affiliation and participation in, in whatever church you attend ha- has been helpful to in your mental health journey?
3: Hmm. Good answer. Good question. I, um, I believe in God. I believe, I don't think he's a damning God mm-hmm. that I grew up, I grew up with the, the mean God. The hellfire?
0: Yeah. Were you, were you, was your family like Southern Baptist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So
3: they, um, What were
0: you saying? Uh, So your experience with the church and how it's been helpful or not with your mental health.
3: Well, like I said, my cousin molested me. There was some neighbors that weren't so safe for his. Sure. Yeah.
1: But that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I I spent some time growing up in the south side of Chicago, and I, you know, it was the same sort of vibe where it was a very diverse neighborhood, but like neighbors could be, you know. Quality varied depending on, yeah. <laughs> you know, on the on the address. And, you know, on, on the flip side, I think everyone was still kind of watching out for each other. Mm-hmm. Very similar to this neighborhood. Like, honestly, right. I feel like a lot of people are always, you know, I know, Andre, you're watching out for us. We're watching out for you. But, every, you know, I think everyone's kind of keeping an eye on each other. Yes, and, which is a good thing. Which is a really good thing.
3: Because I'm, I'm looking at. Like no, your graffiti sort of thing going on, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like like you said, I, I'm looking out. Yeah, and I don't ask, don't tell. Mm-mm. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. What was the what was the genesis of your involvement in the community watch? Like, how'd you get involved with that?
3: Well, in Santa Monica, they yeah. had neighborhood watch.
0: Yeah, and so you know. Was it was it an event that like happened? You decided I need to get involved, or like, just as I'm, like,
3: I, I wanted what they were giving, mm. you know. But a lot of people did weren't so loving, yeah. But um, that, yeah,
0: kind of like uh, what what they were doing was attractive, and you wanted to contribute to something that you felt was a positive force in mm-hmm. the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting concept um, because in that there is like implicit ownership. Like you're taking ownership of the community. Really? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a member of it. I share some responsibility in how this community is mm-hmm. and what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a really, uh, I think that's a particularly interesting issue in regards to LA. Mm-hmm. Because I wonder if the fact that we have such a high, like people are always moving here mm-hmm. and people are always moving away. No. And I wonder, I wonder if that impacts people's sense of ownership.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. I, in, in my experience uh, with my work, I've definitely gotten the sense that um, oftentimes the community service is what makes people feel like they have a sense of ownership or a sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. but that oftentimes community service is not very accessible or, um, I I don't know if I can say that, but without, without making that effort in the first place, it's very easy to feel very isolated in Mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. You know, you're either in your car on a highway in traffic, which yeah you know for a lot of people is better than being on the metro Mm -hmm. and actually having to kind of see some of the uh the nitty-gritty on the underside of the city right but i i during the pandemic i i've been dry i've been commuting to work every day instead of going in and taking the the metro i was still at the food bank i'm at the food bank yeah so los angeles yeah. Um Alameda and Forty First. Oh wow. Yeah. So Latino. Yeah. It's li- it's it's right on the, the edge. It's sort of a Latino like heavy. Pico. No, not Pico. So it's on it's east of here. It's east, directly okay. east of us, by about, okay. about ten miles. Um so it's uh it's it's right on the edge okay. of like, you know, sur- sort of the Vermont, Normandy. Oh, there you go. Those neighborhoods. Western. Yeah, Western, um, which is, I would say, heavily African-American. Yes. And then on the east side of that, it's more heavily Latino. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Latinx. And so it's a it's a very interesting uh, mix of neighborhoods and obviously some history there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I bicycle through those areas all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I take the metro. And the difference between just doing that and, and bicycling through or taking the Metro versus driving is, is tremendous. Mm, you know, yeah. today I, 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 bicycled and I just had this sense of like, yeah, it was a little stressful. I mean, there was obviously a lot happening with the protests and there's, um, yeah. I saw, I saw a couple little kids getting arrested, oh, which was no. just, uh, yeah, it was wild. In USC, they, these like eight year olds getting thrown in the back of an LAP. I was Gosh. filming it, you know, <laughs> like what the hell is going on? Hello. Um, You know, but at the same time, I don't think I would have even noticed that if I'd been driving. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that that whole sense of community, you have to be very active Mm -hmm. and engaged in order to even feel it in Los Angeles. Yes. Otherwise, it's very easy to just kind of do your own thing and and not even pay attention. Yes, indeed.
0: Yeah, kind of like it requires a degree of intentionality to To go against the factors that kind of are intrinsic to Los Angeles, whether it's the sprawl, whether it's the car culture, um, I don't know. Maybe the transit population. I don't know if that's if that's a contributing factor or not. But there's definitely there are definitely systemic issues that um, require energy and intentionality to bypass to mm-hmm. To not succumb, um, to not succumb to kind of like those forces that prevent community connection. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, there's a quote. So I, I one of the uh, papers that I pulled up. Um, it's a Vanderb- Vanderbilt Law Review, an article called "White Men's Roads Through Black Men's Homes" um, by Deborah Archer. Mm. And she quotes uh, the late Congressman John Lewis saying, "The mm. legacy of Jim Crow transportation is still with us. Even today, some of our transportation policies and practices destroy stable neighborhoods, isolate and segregate our citizens in deteriorating neighborhoods, mm. and fail to provide access to jobs and economic growth centers." Wow. Yeah, it's really powerful. Um, it's a. It's a. Um, sort of aggregation of, of a lot of different cities experiences with with this. And just I think Los Angeles is just one of the the major and prime examples of a lot of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about uh, black businesses, Black owned businesses that are so rare, but they're rare because oftentimes they get displaced or, um, you know, access to mental health services is oftentimes much more difficult if you're not anywhere near where therapists or psychiatrists set up shop, et cetera. So there's a lot of that that fits into this uh, conversation, but especially regarding Los Angeles. Yes. You know, I, I think any of our listeners who might not be living in Los Angeles, there's a lot of um, stereotypes about the city. And I would say that all the stereotypes are correct. <laughs> you just don't know how correct how you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: and I, I think there's even some well-deserved stereotypes that aren't even necessarily, like, generally known by people who don't live here. Like, I, I think the general impression is that, like... um you know, LA is like this bastion of uh, you know, uh progressivism and the the hippies hippies and a and yep. democratic stronghold. Yeah. And they don't realize that there's a
1: serious history of racism mm-hmm. and oppression mm-hmm. yep. and violence. Yep. Just like the uh the that KKK rally in Huntington Beach and even local residents are surprised yeah, when well. it's did like you, that's did actually you hear
0: about that? No.
1: Yeah. Today? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was, was this that past was, weekend. That was Sunday. Dante? No, that happened the same day, though. Yeah. But there was actually oh, okay. a, a White Lives Matter rally yeah, in Huntington yeah, yeah, Beach. Yeah, 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 okay. And a bunch of protesters basically ran them off. Counter-protesters, I should Shut say, up. with Huntington Beach BLM ran off um, some people who were... Uh, causing trouble or planning to cause trouble. So yeah, there's, um, and this is
0: in 2021, this is in 2021, <laughs> which is
1: less surprising, I think for people than in say yeah. 2019, but uh, it's still, <laughs> still yeah. surprising.
3: Wow. That's okay. that, that is so weird.
1: It's wild. That's wild. Yeah. So there, uh, I mean on, on the flip side, I love Los Angeles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Los Angeles, I've, I've lived off and on here for 10 years now, and it's still, I keep coming back. There's always just, I, I think there's a vibrancy to the community. People are just incredibly friendly and supportive mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. each other. Well, it's Once a melting you get to, pot here. it's a melting pot, yeah. truly a melting pot. Yeah. And, Honestly, I mean, I tell a lot of people when they come and visit, like, hey, go down to San Diego if you want to get beaches and nice sun and everything feels good. Right. But I don't I don't like San Diego nearly as much as I like Los Angeles. I think yeah. Los Angeles has far more character and right. is far yeah. more honest. Yeah. And yeah. it's and <laughs> it's opportunities and problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know,
0: what, what are the, some of the things that you really appreciate about living in L.A.? Well, there is a, um, a mental health is is,
3: is better. Yeah. Um, just, I do. You know, you love what you love. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I mean, well, it's it's hard for me to compare, but I I, I do. I know. I do. we my work is has a uh, contract with the county, and so okay. we're under like Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Okay. So I'm I'm very familiar. with. And I I do feel like they are building out a pretty robust, uh, system of care Mm -hmm. that is accessible for people who don't have, uh, you know, a lot of means. Mm -hmm. Um, there's kind of like a no wrong door approach Mm. where if you're not even looking for mental health, but, those symptoms are showing up. You'll be directed towards them. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, you know, I, I, being on the inside of it, I feel like it's a, it's turning into a fairly robust system. Like they are definitely targeting marginalized communities. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, which, you know, you could also call that oppressed communities too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like, I I think as we as as 2021 continues, it's not like oh, there's a new administration, things have changed fundamentally.
0: Mm. No, no.
3: Is that your organization? Is that near Mid- Mendelson? No, what's twenty? Uh, um, Olympic and Sepulveda.
0: No, we're we're in San Pedro. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I go south for work. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, so we're. Uh, yeah, we're in like a different part of the county, but. Oh okay. But yeah, I mean, it, I I I don't. I've never worked uh, in like public health in any other city okay. or county, so I don't really have a frame of work. But mm. it seems, it seems like to your point that they are they're pretty building a pretty, pretty good system of care. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I it I I think that is even though we, you know, just kind of spent some time ragging on Los Angeles for its reputation of being very progressive and very leftist as a city, um I think that that's actually more of a very recent phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um and you, you could even see it during the 2020 election. Um, you know, obviously California voted for Biden. Mm -hmm. But at the state level, it was not near, you know, Proposition 22 got passed, which was very Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anti-worker. You know, it was obvious uh, that Uber and the other gig economy uh, companies were very much for Proposition 22, and the state voted with them, which was very disappointing for a lot of people, uh, activists, et cetera. Yeah. but Los Angeles County itself, 10 million people worth, voted very heavily for progressive issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jackie Lacey was voted out as yeah, uh, the district attorney. It was a big deal. That was a huge BLM.
3: Cheryl uh, Turner? What her name? Who was that? Cheryl Turner.
1: I don't recognize.
3: She was last election.
1: Was that the el- yeah? I don't think I was paying as much attention to Los Angeles politics. Oh, okay. The last election.
3: Yeah, because Cheryl Turner, her dad, goes to my church.
1: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: And what what was she running for? Do you remember? No. Okay. Hmm. T- I'll find out. I can. Remember. Okay.
1: Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And, and Measure J, yep. which yep. reallocated funds away from I think LAPD. Yeah. Yep. Towards social services, which I don't. I, not familiar with what's happening
0: with that? Mm. Well, I do. They Ooh. are currently having that was I actually attended a webinar with the county today and they address Measure J. And right now they're having basically like online town hall meetings where, you know, people can voice their concerns and desires and objections and basically mm. be involved with policy
1: formation. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for taking the time out on that, man. Like that's a big deal. Did you talk? No, no. I mean, they didn't,
0: it actually wasn't, it actually wasn't the Measure J like town hall. It's just the, the county mentioned that that is going on Mm. and they wanted uh, like people working in the like addiction treatment field to participate because we bring a, you know, a perspective Mm -hmm. that would be you know impactful to how those
1: you know resources are used great
0: Mm,
1: yeah yeah so yeah and and i think that that's one of the things that i it's a it's a topic that i keep on bringing up because i i want everyone living in los angeles county to realize just how many people there are here i mean Mm. we are the 10th largest state in the union Mm, uh, just as if the county turned into a state we would be larger than 40 other states wow yeah you know if if we were that's amazing yeah i I think we have the combined population of like 11 other states combined Mm, like mm. the 11 smallest states have less population combined than we do Mm. as a county so when we talk about these progressive measures we're actually impacting a very large proportion of the United States, mm. you know, if, if you look at it just on a person to person basis. Mm. So the work that you're doing as a community watch person, you know, I mean, this neighborhood we live in is, you know, as large as some cities in other parts of the country, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. you know, um, you know, the ro- the work Rob that you do, I mean, the, an addiction treatment center, like, the the, where you work serves more people than some major cities elsewhere do on their own.
3: Are you familiar with a healthcare foundation?
1: AHF? Yeah. Yeah. You are a little bit. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wait a second. They got the logo with the red and the white writing. Yeah. I think so. Uh Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I got the I got the logo in my head. <laughs> hey, their marketing okay, worked, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm susceptible to marketing. Have yeah. you Have
3: you worked with them at all, Andre? Yeah, I used to be their um, volunteer resor- director of volunteer resources. So oh wow. We go into speak at colleges and high schools, just getting people aware of the you know.
0: It's not going away. Like that. that was actually we in that webinar today with the county. There was an entire presentation about the AIDS epidemic and right. how and how cases have been spiking. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Along yeah. with wow. uh, Along with syphilis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, you, know,
3: you don't hear people talk about AIDS as much now.
0: Right. Right. And and you know we saw we saw uh, a heat map mm. of where. The highest new infection rates are occurring where per capita, and it's West Hollywood, South LA, and Long Beach, Long Beach. and and hmm. a, and a major. That is
3: so p- weird. That is so true. That
0: yeah, and and they were just basically talking about the the risk factors involved with certain substances mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and transmission of HIV. Mm-hmm. And and kind of like the efforts that they're trying to do to, you know, whether it's like more robust uh, prep programs, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's kind of interesting you brought that up. What was what was the like what got you involved with that? Like what? I was as a volunteer first.
3: I, I lost a couple of friends that yeah. knew, and um, I just kind of said, okay, I want to be there wholeheartedly. They interviewed me and I was
1: hired yeah i'm sure you were a great spokesperson as well andre like
3: yeah a couple of brain cells ago (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: when was was this (laughs) in the 80s 80s wow
0: okay so hold on so
1: you didn't put (laughs) all this together Rob. (laughs) 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 you got it this is why you got to study history
0: (laughs) i i i I just like (laughs) what was that like i mean awesome yeah, tell I me mean, about that. I would,
3: uh, you yeah. know, start to still, I started as a volunteer at first because um, a couple of my friends were dying in hospices. Right. So I, um, they just said, "Why don't you work here? You're doing such a great job." I'm like, "No, probably not." They said, "Don't say no." Mm. So they interviewed me and they told me, yes, yeah, the job." So I, like I said, I started out as a volunteer myself.
0: And you, you went on to basically do like kind of public speaking to raise awareness yes, about the awareness. issue. Okay. So that's, that's the part that kind of like got my attention. Like yeah. you're like in, in the eighties, this was, this was a m- highly misunderstood yes disease. There were so many, uh, you know, misconceptions. Mm-hmm. There was so much stigma attached to it. Not even stigma. I mean, just outright prejudice yep. and right. hatred. Yep. Right. Yeah. So what was that like? Going in front of people and having that uncomfortable conversation—at least uncomfortable for them—a
3: lot of prayer. (laughs) There you go. You know, (laughs) because I'm like, Lord, are you (laughs) sure you want me to do this? (laughs) But it was awesome. Yeah, wow, really was awesome.
0: I bet, I bet. And what what communities would you? What parts of L.A. were you? Like the
3: West Hollywood, Los Feliz. Yeah, um, a little bit of Santa Monica. And just like wow, yeah, pretty much Santa Monica, L.A.
0: Yeah, and what were generally what were people's reactions to what you had to say?
3: Good, they really you know because we had a, 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 a pamphlet and a, I mean a, um, a DVD. Mm-hmm. Wow, well that's it's dating me, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if DVDs were out in the eighties. will do some math there. <laughs> That's fine. No one's gonna know what a DVD is by oh, yeah. the time it we're like forty, trash. rub Yeah. yeah.
0: What, what in the hell? Who invited
1: him? It, hey, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was a uh, what are the, the big old the eight track or something? No, <laughs> disc? Laser disc? It was a yeah, laser disc. Maybe. I remember
3: being on the bus. With this guy had a a phone, a big huge phone. Yeah, yeah oh, one of those gosh. bricks. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like. What is going on? And I thought you're on the bus, buddy. Right. But you spend the money I get your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wow.
0: saw a movie on Laserdisc. Really? Recently? Yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying that like in like ninety four I saw Oh cool. I yeah. saw Fast Times at Ridgemont
1: High. Oh, oh wow. Which is also like an LA Yeah. 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 It's, it's like the San Fernando
0: Valley, right? It's Ew. like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a good movie.
1: Yeah. Well the the laser disc part was the important piece of that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well now we have robot dogs. Uh, I was trying to explain Twitter to Ellen because we there was a the Twitter dogs? post. Yeah.
0: Mechanical dogs, right? Yeah. Wow. You seen that? No. Okay, so I was at work the other day. <laughs> And I'm out on like, on a street corner talking to my coworker, you know, getting some air. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the street, heading east, was a box
1: on wheels. On wheels. Oh my gosh! With yeah, a
0: giant antenna. Mm-hmm. Shut up! No, this is this is got to the <laughs> corner. And I could just sense that it was, it was looking around. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was figuring out its next move. <laughs> and then after some delay, it turned to the left and then just started going down, you know, north down another sidewalk. Shut and and it, was, it was about like, you know how they say, like the expression bigger than a bread box. Yeah. And it actually was about the size of a bread <laughs> box. It was a bread box, yeah. <laughs> and I was just wondering, like what, what is inside of this box? Hello. And, and my first thought was food. But then I thought like is a food delivery profitable enough to use some <laughs> GPS Grubhub AI robot <laughs> I uh, I don't know.
1: I I want to kick them. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> yeah have you seen no any? I saw one in Santa Monica. I've uh, seen some. A box? Yeah one basically what Rob was describing. I saw a bread box on wheels and I just like hadn't like it looked very innocent. But yeah I have an urge to kick them because I just kind of feel like we haven't even solved humanity's problems. Hello. And we've got robots now and yeah, I don't care. There. Like I don't care nearly enough. (laughs) I think that I'm I'm going to be one of those people who's like, you know what? We've got enough technology. We haven't we haven't done enough. So
0: you're you're a luddite when it comes to the robot. I am like a
1: legitimate luddite. (laughs) Like yeah, the the people who used to you know like blow up machinery back (laughs) in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, I'm like I I'm just I I don't know. It it makes me (laughs) crazy. Uh, yeah, a little crazy. It makes me a little angry to to see, you know, the just time and effort. we're using all of this time and effort and, and we literally couldn't even... I, I don't know. I, it, it frustrates me a lot and I don't know why, no, but I think that I am... You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> it it makes me want to kick them. That's it. I'm, I'm just going to put that there. Like, I'm pretty certain those robots are going to have more rights than we are that at we some did. point. Right, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> well, you know... I think uh, Andrew Yang just entered the chat because I mean everything you're saying is really the automation and displacement of workforce is mm-hmm. Kind of, I mean I, I, that 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 breadbox on wheel is you know a good argument to so be made.
3: Ever, no, you up that noticed it, or were the people gawking too?
0: Uh, yeah, everyone was gawking. Really? It was like it was like uh, it was like that that what's that '80s movie with the robot? The Oh my gosh. Yeah. Remember he was, like, quirky and he had yeah. like the eyebrows that moved.
1: <laughs> but he was a war machine who yeah. had gone rogue. Like right. that was the oh crazy my. part. Right. Yeah. Oh <laughs> He'd my. gone nice rogue, but he was still a war machine. So it was
0: like that. It was like yeah.
1: wow, the future. <laughs> yes. You know?
0: But right for my very eyes. But like going back, like I mean, this is at least in my estimation, why policies like universal basic income is so mm-hmm. important. And I and I don't know there's been various cities doing studies, you know, longitudinal studies where they give, you know, hundreds of people $500 a month. There's no means testing and mm-hmm. then they track outcomes, they track spending habits and it's the the data coming back are very positive. Mm. And I just read that Sacramento is going to be implementing a UBI as a pilot. I don't know if it's a study or if it's just going to be city policy, but no. that was the headline.
1: I'll, I'll be honest. I, I think the time for studies for that is over. We've seen study after study for that. Mm. And and to me, it, it, it just says that they would rather not do the big commitment. And mm. that so long as you, you've got a study going, it seems like you're moving it forward. But you're really not, mm. you know, I, I think we've all seen the effectiveness of, you know, getting a $2,000 check or a $1,400 check. Um, To me, if, if you're rich enough, that $1,400 doesn't mean anything to you. Right. You've already probably got an accountant saving you enough taxes that... Mm-hmm you know, that $1,400 is a drop in the bucket either way. Right. But for a lot of people, that $1,400 is a huge, is a huge step in the right direction.
0: Yeah. I, I I agree, but I'm also going to, I'm going to push back a little bit. And, um, because, uh, I was listening to a, uh, podcast last week, a Christian podcast, and they brought this topic up Mm -hmm. and, in referencing this research, they basically platformed ideas that were threatening or challenging, basically conservative takes mm-hmm. on this topic. Mm-hmm. And and while I agree that like absolutely like the the efficacy is already that like it's already proven like it's uh, it's, it's, it's yeah. not even like. Like yeah, it, it's it's overdue. It mm-hmm. needs to be implemented. Like, mm-hmm. but for people who are maybe on the fence, or maybe people who, you know, it's still kind of a
3: sore subject.
0: Yeah, source subject, or or just something that they they don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. These academic studies provide credibility in the debate mm-hmm. that can influence how people think about it and so yeah. i think in that there is some value but i agree that like um you know that it that can be a stalling tactic and that the 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 consensus is already in on the usefulness and and, and if anything 2020 in the pandemic mm. just killed the argument in its entirety yes indeed. so
1: yeah and and i would say that 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 fits almost more in lines with means testing in general. Like if we're going to provide a benefit like childcare or Mm -hmm. mental health or anything like that, why are we setting an arbitrary limit on who has access to that? You know, Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it just stops people from being, you know, if you're a successful business owner or an office worker or, you know, working in the service industry, every one of us could use, mental health services. Every one of us could use childcare. I mean, childcare costs are just astronomical in the United States right now. And like, you might be able to point to someone making X dollars and say, eh, you can afford it. Mm. But isn't it so much easier to say, Hey, you also get this benefit than saying you can afford it. You have to pay for it. Plus your taxes are going to pay for somebody else's. Right. But instead, Is it going to be that much different if we just said everyone has access to this, you know, and that's a it's either universal basic income or universal health care or universal child care. These are all things that everyone can benefit from. And it's just a much easier sell when you're not trying to set a limit. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know,
3: when you you um, start uh, running for office.
1: This is my office right now. This is, I don't garage. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, Andre, I think it's a really interesting part about it because obviously you working with AHF and I work with the food bank and Rob works with, you know, uh, mental services and addiction treatment and everything like that. We all work or have worked in sort of the nonprofit sphere. Mm. I know that I also work in sort of the activist world. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that's more new for me but it's something that I've done throughout my life as well and and politics is a really interesting question you know is is, is like is is politics another realm that we should expect people who are active in you know the public service right, public right, good right. is that a next, is that the next step and my answer is maybe not you know, like the world needs activists just as much as we need politicians, politicians. and that we shouldn't that expect great, great. activists to be politicians and we shouldn't expect politicians to be activists. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable, honestly, where I'm at right now. Um, the flip side of that also is that just because you work at a nonprofit doesn't mean that you're an activist. activist. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. Doesn't mean that you're changing the system.
0: Hmm. In fact, you could be
1: an, uh, you could be, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I, I think that just being intentional about why, why we might be doing these things is an important piece of it. Mm. You know, I don't, I don't know if I would actually be, I don't know if I would feel fulfilled in politics because okay. I know I would have to probably compromise some of my own ideals, mm. but I, I'm happy to support people who are willing to compromise themselves but then push them in the right direction mm. through activism.
3: You yeah. guys get my votes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, well <laughs> I mean, I my my votes just I basically just pull up the uh Democratic Socialist Voter <laughs> Guide yeah. and just like pick whatever they got cuz yeah. somebody <laughs> else did all the hard work.
0: Yes, indeed. Mm. What Andre, what is what has been your journey regarding politics? Do I mean? Do you have any sort of like political leanings? Do you vote a certain way? Democrat. Do you not vote? Yeah, Yeah. I do vote. Okay.
1: Yeah, Um, Andre is also a active polling uh, site volunteer. Right.
0: Um, I've done that before, and it's pretty rad. Oh yeah, when I voted,
1: Andre was there, and I think was it pre pandemic?
0: Yes.
2: No, Uh, No, no. It was. During the to, pandemic, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. So you didn't shake my hand. We we waved at each other. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did not, uh, but only according to regulations. Right. Right. right? right there right. was no interference.
3: No. Pump, uh, fist pumping, elbow. <laughs> That's it. Elbow bopping. <laughs> elbow yeah,
0: bopping. Go. Yeah. <laughs> All sorts of awkwardness. Yes, indeed. Also, so,
1: also, I just love that that was in a Baha'i. Yes. Temple yeah right yeah down the street from us yeah I. that's the los angeles part i don't like i don't
0: know what that is
1: it, it's um baha'i yeah it is a uh, just a putting on my history hat it's a religion um that came out of uh iran i think but yeah. it is a uh agglomeration of monotheistic religions so right. like uh Islam, you know, the Abrahamic yeah, religions yeah, 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 yeah. and elsewhere but also Christianity and other teachings in it. It's a really fascinating hmm. Uh, religion. If you see the like the coexist sticker, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's basically <laughs> like them. yeah, that's basically them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they got good marketing. Yeah. Like, exactly. <laughs> <AHF>. <laughs> yep. I, <know>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I
1: I don't think I I think they have a few extra symbols attached that's or true. something. <laughs> yeah. But coexist is like a that's pretty true. good summary <laughs> of the Baha'i faith.
0: Or we could just call it like the conservative trigger sticker.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah anyone who's who is uh listening who might be of the Baha'i background or have a better understanding please come and do an interview yes and yes. forgive us please. and forgive us yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you <Andre. laughs> that's, that's that's actually gonna have to be at the end of every episode <laughs> yeah forgive us
0: and thank you for reminding us to be culturally humble because uh, there you yeah. go yeah we're, we're not good at that
1: <laughs> yeah we're not we're not good at that <laughs> we're working on well, it i again. really enjoyed this. Yeah, me too, Great, Thanks, Andre. You
3: you want me to to get stuff off my chest?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, you might be a co-host at some point. We'll see. (laughs) We don't have enough microphones (laughs) for that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, choir.
0: And even if we did, I'm not sure I could set it up right (laughs) now. Yeah, no.
3: Is Is this working now?
1: I we'll see we'll see okay. we'll, we'll see, see. yeah we already lost one episode yeah. so i think w- this is funny because starting a podcast and also trying to start like a mutual aid group and do all these other things we're really just learning each of these is a very difficult <laughs> process right yeah
0: yeah i mean you were you saw it i couldn't even figure out the tech stuff and
3: no but that, i'm like wow <laughs>
0: look at they really are serious <laughs> we're trying we're, we're, trying we're serious in what we believe, believe in in, in our convictions mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. this right. podcast yeah um the fact that we're in a garage
1: um it's a lantern with a
0: lantern <laughs> by lantern light yeah
1: <laughs> <That kinda laughs> i think it adds like a nice mood, mood yeah a very it's a nice setting a, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well i was thinking i i need to get a Pipe like what you got, mm-hmm. and then we could, that could just be like a thing, a part it's of the theme. podcast yeah. where we we smoke our pipes and and discuss discuss things. <laughs> you go.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Andre, thank you so much. This no has been fascinating, and I, I feel like just so much more enlightening in terms of just really understanding a lot of. I I think again the neighborhood, the yeah. the city, yeah, the, your experiences growing up. And also, I mean, I just want to say I appreciate how much you just shared with us, too, because this no is just problem. a you really... that
3: that have that spirit that draws <laughs>
1: the uh, so good of well, well, yes. well, thank you, Andre. No problem. Absolutely. Now, no.
3: where is Tustin?
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: it's behind the orange curtain. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So no it it's in Orange from County.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's Orange County. Um, it's north of, Ur- uh, no, west of Irvine. Irvine, nor- north of like Newport Beach.
0: So isn't it right next to Orange, the city of? Orange? Yeah,
1: it's right next yeah. to. It's right next to Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay like okay, ten yeah. minutes from okay. Disneyland or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I'm about to
3: do like Google. Whatever
1: that is. Uh, pr- yeah, we can help you out with that. Oh, Don't good. worry. What's going on in Tustin? Uh, my wedding. Oh. Yeah. That small detail. You're one of my groomsmen. (laughs) (laughs) Just a reminder. (laughs) FYI. FYI. We take things very seriously (laughs) on this (laughs) podcast.
0: (laughs) No, uh, you know what? Um, If you need a ride, I can get you a ride. Really? Of course. Okay. Yeah, that's what neighbors do, right? Amen. There we go. There we go. I just want to say, Andre, that I, I, again, I appreciate the... The courage and vulnerability of sharing your life experience no and in, and in other,
3: words, in other words, I'm not the only one.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, and and I I feel like that's why it's it's so important yeah. that that mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. like you step out and and share that experience. Yeah, and um, you know, I appreciate that you're a good neighbor to my best friend. Yeah. So and thank you for you know taking the time to come on to our thanks podcast. For, thanks
3: for letting me. Vent. Yeah that that's where we really the big bucks they get paid <laughs> <laughs> the big bucks <laughs> the big bucks
1: <laughs> uh, andre this is great i we actually i'm really excited i think this is probably going to be our first like official official episode cool so you know just getting to be able to talk about los angeles yes you know and santa monica and and some of the history there and also just i think it's really heartwarming to to hear that You've you really enjoyed your time growing up here because okay. I think it's easy um, to really center the trauma mm-hmm. and it's really easy to center a lot of the injustices and the the, the lack of equity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a, a, re- a good reminder to remember that there's a lot of joy in in growing up in Southern California Definitely. and there's right. a lot of joy that you can access even in the midst of adversity. And that's a, it's a really difficult thing to to pursue, but at the same time, it's worth doing so. So, you know, when you're, when you're looking back, you're not just seeing the the dark times, but you're, you're also seeing a lot of what, what went well and the joy. And, and, you know, I'll I'll say 2020, like it was a really tough year, but there were a lot of good things that came out of that too. Right. right. And in my life and, you know, I, 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 I I don't know if I can say this appropriately but like it's now a part of me and I wouldn't take it back. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can say that now cuz you know I I got out the other end mm-hmm. relatively unscathed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my family and friends and neighbors and oh, everyone. Cool. Yeah.
3: You guys are great people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like said, well, when, when I don't see you We guys, were trying call. We were trying to watch out for you too, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> This whole year, so you know, you made it. Your mom made it. I hope everyone in your family did too. We're doing great. Yeah, my mom was already
3: saying, "You know, we're going to that wedding." (laughs) uh. (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to the wedding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it's is just really cool, Andre, that you found purpose Mm -hmm. in your journey in Los Angeles. In the you know, in the midst of trials and tribulations and hardship and hatred hatred whether it's you know the the you know ahf right, right or volunteering and serving at your church or whether it's through serving at the polling or serving at the uh this is no, not the community watch mm, like yes. there's just you found purpose which brings joy mm-hmm in service of your community and the people that live in it and i think that's i think that's just a really important uh message that even in uh hard con- hard circumstances people can find purpose and joy Exactly.
1: Now, now, yeah well thank you guys thank, thank you, you for having me it. A pre-conversation, get to know him, like, to know him or I—I I also think that it was just really helpful what we did today, which was just gathering information, right. kind of on a specific side, because it—I think it was a direction that—that that Andre didn't m- maybe want to go down or d- wasn't as engaged with on his own side, but you know, like we definitely ended up by the end of the conversation having um, a really solid understanding of kind of how engaged he was with AHF during the 80s which is just wild like I right. can't imagine going through another pandemic essentially that was basically geared towards like a specific population that he was a part of yeah yeah I can't I f- imagine how tough that would be I feel like
0: he's probably got way more of that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. he just he just dropped it so nonchalantly mm-hmm. and I was like wait what you were doing Public AIDS awareness in the nineteen eighties. Yeah, like yeah. I I feel like there's just there's probably just more mm-hmm. that we just don't even know about. Yeah, and he's just not the type of guy who's gonna brag about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, absolutely. And and I think that I think a lot of people have volunteer experience as well. You know, like in in a lot of ways, that's something that most you know, community-oriented people have some pretty significant experience with or, or, you know, some level of foundation to it. And I think that that's actually a really good opening for sort of the united left and the mutual aid side is that, you know, yeah, volunteering is good, but, like, how do we make society better so that it eliminates the need for that volunteering. And that's really the question where it's like, well, is it politics or activism? Right. Um, But I, I suspect that mutual aid is really kind of that missing piece where it's, Hey, it's no longer about providing services to somebody else. It's about being in the same community as them and supporting each other, you know, and, and how, how that kind of flips the, the service provider Dynamic, or, or, or um, the system is no longer being supported by you. You are breaking through the system itself, and just providing direct, you know, support to those in need.
0: Right, and that kind of speaks to what we talked about earlier about, or at least what I brought up about how communities, by design, need interdependence.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that was really uh a really good point um just the interdependence as a feature and not a bug yeah that it's not just a feature of poverty stricken communities where oh we have to take care of each other but it's something that we as as members of co- of a community should just strive for anyways that this right. is a this is a part of being a community member and sure. and that your and, and I don't mean this in, in a way that's disparaging, but like your pet issue as, you know, whatever nonprofit or whatever uh, volunteer experience you have is only a portion of what that means. It also means that you too need help and yeah. need support. You know, whether it's somebody watching over your children or, you know, keeping an eye on your house or anything like that. Yeah. But like embracing that. Or servicing your car to get to the community service event exactly yeah exactly and that it's not just uh it's not just transactional but it's really just about uh a freely given and received service that we all are benefit from just by by doing yeah. and 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 receiving
0: yeah and i feel like i feel like from like a a psychological psychological level it's it's meeting needs that are built in Mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder about what are the consequences of living in a society where that's not something people experience on a regular basis. Um, Like for example, like, like child rearing in child development and being raised the village, raising the child versus the single mom or maybe the single dad or, or the two care, the two providers, caregivers and them trying to shoulder the entire burden. burden. Right. And Mm -hmm. like the, the emotional, uh, taxation of that process, the financial, costs of that mm-hmm. what it does to your lifestyle what it does to the kid like I, I just I don't know I, I think about that and I think there's just a lot of high cost to it
1: yeah that absolutely and 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 part of that high cost is a, a lack of belonging you know if you're shouldering all that burden which means you feel like you know you have to earn the money in order to pay for the services in order to receive them or you are not earning enough so then you need charitable work in order to get access those services but then your oftentimes your own activities are then uh in a straitjacket you know like oh you need to do x y and z in order to receive these services which is often the case for charitable work or government intervention right and so your autonomy and independence are threatened at which point, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, well, I'm not worthy because I haven't made enough money in order to buy these services myself. So then I have to limit my autonomy and my, uh, capacity to, to, to help others even in the community in order to access these services, to raise a family or to get healthcare or, or you know, housing or anything like that. Um, I feel like it just puts walls between you and the rest of your community. Yeah. You know, and in that. And and I've I've felt that way. Uh, when I went to grad school and mm-hmm. I had to access healthcare not through my employer but through the state. Yeah, I remember and that. And it was one of the most humiliating experiences for me. And right. and it shouldn't be. Like access to healthcare is just something that should happen. Right. Um it's Uh, and I don't even mean that in like a heavily partisan way. It's just like, I, I, I hope that I can see a doctor when I need one at any given time. Um, but in this, uh, even in California in the system, it's, uh, you know, you had to go and, uh, scan paychecks and prove that you were so, you know, uh, so below the poverty level that you deserved to have access. Um, and and everything was just so limited right and the moment the moment i earned too much i was booted without warning and i no longer had health care again and then i got hit with a tax penalty the next year (laughs) because i didn't have health insurance and i was like oh my god (laughs) this is horrible um and it really was it was just you know it was a i don't know if you could say that the the system was by design but um, the system was definitely not designed to work well.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a really important point that wasn't brought up when we were discussing about like the County's system of care for mental health. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, on, on one hand, yes, it's, it's really good that um you can get free healthcare if you're, you know, uh financially eligible mm-hmm. like that that's having that in place is better than not having it in place um the fact that you can get free health care if you're financially eligible and the f- and not be documented that's really good mm-hmm. but to your point um which I think is really salient um structurally that's just perpetuating I mean it's not getting us to where we need to be yeah. It's not, it's like, like it, it, we just need to do away with the means test, kill the means test.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know, the purity test, the means test, any yeah. testing, just get yeah, rid, get of, get rid it. of it. <laughs> We're done with it.
0: <laughs> like it, it's it, the, I mean the, the, no, they're, they're, I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting thing to think about. Like is, is this moving us closer towards universal policies or is it stagnating?
1: there's a um there's actually a lot of research into this I'd need to I'll need to go and find it and I'm sure we'll we'll do another episode on this but there there's a the benefits cliff and it is a it is um there is significant research into this but essentially uh, I mean you can stack on um, dollar amounts of all these various benefits that you can access through state and local and federal government programs. And you can, you can add a dollar amount basically to a person's income and see what their total income, both uh, through employment and then also the stacks of benefits that, you know, flip on or off depending on your income level. And I, 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 don't recall the exact amount of money um, that it where the the benefits cliff comes in, but I think it's around minimum wage of you know, fifteen dollars an hour, so about thirty thousand dollars a year when those benefits start getting yoinked away from you again, right. and that's what I had happen to me when I started getting my hours back in my job uh, when I was in grad school, um, was that I went from having x dollars in value in services uh on top of like a fairly small income and then once my income rose the disproportionate drop in services actually made me really consider not working as much because i actually had a total income that was higher accessing those benefits than without
0: well, yeah. And then now that you're ineligible for the benefits and you now have to incur the costs mm-hmm. of those benefits, yep. that could actually put you in a worse spot financially.
1: No, it, it does put you in a worse yeah. spot financially. And that's yeah. that is my uh, that is a huge piece of the means testing. That's a huge piece of just the idea that um, the welfare state is only for the incredibly, you know, uh, poverty stricken communities or, right. or households when by taking those benefits away from the lower middle class, you are perpetuating that cycle of poverty. Right. Uh, and it's not about somebody being lazy. It's just literally a, a life or death decision frequently yeah. um, that I've seen over and over again with um, the TANF uh, participants where I've watched participants kind of, um, and this is the temporary aid for needy families act right. that Bill Clinton, uh, put, pushed through in 94, the welfare reform, which, um, a lot of research points to it being highly ineffective, right. uh, the work requirements, etc. And, um, you know, time and again, I've seen it in various workplaces where I've worked, where in these TANF, uh, TANF recipients are receiving, um, you know, uh, government aid in exchange for for menial work essentially and oftentimes they'll quit because they actually received more benefits just by not doing it than by working at these jobs but these jobs are not sustainable not right. good jobs and they right. weren't being trained on anything new so it was basically saying hey you either have a lifetime of this crap work yeah. or you can just, like, hopefully get by somewhere else. Doing yeah, the, the else.
0: system incentivizes a behavior that is then twisted and is distorted as a moral judgment upon the person.
1: Yeah, but it's also just, uh, uh, yeah, it, exactly. But also just the the system uh, incentivizes a different set of of decisions than I think that um, people realize. Yeah, and 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 yeah, the moral judgment then lies on the on the person right. rather than realizing that um,
0: they're literally making the best decision for themselves.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. I, and I think that that is something we. I mean, we should absolutely explore more. I, I have grad school papers written on this, and I'll need right. to go back and, and look at it some more. But it's really um. It's disheartening to see it because it's like we have the bones, you know, just like with uh, CalFresh and SNAP benefits, food stamps. We have the bones of a system that works. It's just we've we've slowly stripped it. Yeah. of the actual benefits right. and now people have to work really hard um, just to tread water or, or less.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I I'm going to butcher this cause I don't remember all the details, but I, I learned last week that the first welfare program was targeting mothers mm-hmm. and that you were only eligible for the benefit if your husband died. Mm. So if you were divorced, Mm -hmm. if you had a child out of wedlock, Mm -hmm. ineligible, and that was the first welfare program. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I think it, to me, it's, it's really, Pertinent to discuss the um, psychology behind that yeah and also how it's a component of whiteness and and like the structural oppression mm-hmm. of whiteness and and basically the the beliefs and values and ethos behind whiteness that c- that creates a, f- a moral framework of this is the only person who's deserving of help, but you and you and you, you're not deserving of help, because of your quote unquote moral failings.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think from like a historical sort of framework, the the New Deal was built with a coalition of uh, Southern Democrats and northeastern, uh, you know, FDR. Um, new England style Democrats. And so the, I mean, that was kind of a, uh, a match made in hell really that um, it did benefit a large amount of people and um, that was good, but the new deal was very much framed to exclude large amounts of the black population. And, and, and I think as, as we hear more and more, Asian, Asian populations were oftentimes uh, very much the victims, especially on the West Coast, of discriminatory policies and um, laws, as well as uh, Latino uh, communities. So the, this, was, this was very much a, a process where we all lose when racism wins, and that's just been an ongoing issue in the United States. And I think with what Andre had to say as well as we were hearing about that too, you know, one hundred percent. And and that's it's really unfortunate because we again, like I said, we have the bones of a system that functions. It's just oftentimes, even when we manage to put together enough uh, political willpower to to pass a progressive law, it gets whittled down into <laughs> essentially a useless function that, that perpetuates poverty and, and discrimination. Right. Um, and, and just like really insidious ways.
0: Yeah. And then it's, then it's like, you know, herald by the media as like this, like super progressive piece of legislation. And mm-hmm. I mean, you see it now, like you seem like, like articles and major publications asking is, is Biden the new FDR?
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and and I think that that's where we go back to the activist versus po- politician thing, is that Biden's a consummate politician. You know, he, he has his nose to the wind and will follow that. And it's up to us as activists to, to not just, like, push him, but to freaking lead him. You yeah. know, like we're the ones who can who can put the sense on the wind and make him set the agenda, set the agenda. And and I think that that's something that as a politician, hopefully Biden is savvy enough to also realize that. And I think he honestly, I think he is. This summer is going to get very intense, you know, is my prediction. I mean, obviously, it's it's not tough to predict that now that April 11th happened, which is only... You know, a month and a half uh, away from the the year anniversary of George Floyd's death. Um, I think the protest started around like May, the end of May. Yeah. Was that it? I don't remember. Yeah, it was some, something around there. I think we're going to see a very significant protest season in 2021 as well. and And I don't think I think people thought it was over. I really do. I think people thought it was over and I don't think that they realize that this is this is going to be with us for quite some time. Um, you know, this upheaval and um, people's concerns because I, I, I really don't think people are, are willing to go back to the status quo that we had, you know, 2016 or 2019.
0: Yeah, and to just kind of support your prediction, I think we're also going to start seeing some of the Long-term consequences of—I don't want to say fail policies, but more like failure to enact policies to address the kind of totality of everything that occurred in 2020.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I I think the from the from the pandemic to the you know mm-hmm. police reform and yeah everything in between.
1: We're already seeing the Senate operating as the the body uh, that it was meant to in the beginning of the Republic, which was meant to be essentially a, uh, a huge anchor on us and, and the ability to pass progressive legislation and and we're seeing that still right now right. even as even as um, millions more people are represented uh, represented from the left. Uh, and Democrats as a, as a part of that coalition or as an umbrella that encompasses at least part parts of that coalition. Um, and and yeah, like you said, if these policies are watered down significantly, I don't think people are going to stop uh, demanding more. I, I just don't think that the system is really well designed to respond adequately to this and that's yeah. a it's a scary prospect, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think it's scary for everyone. Yeah. I mean,
0: let's just hope that, uh, you know, some productive change can come out of the civil unrest.
1: I think so. Like, honestly, uh, I think that there's an optimism that I feel every time I go out to um, an event or a protest or a march or anything like that, because it really does have this feeling like there are a wide variety of people showing up there and it, it continues to become more and my more diverse, but you see the familiar faces. You see the people who are just there day in and day out doing this work. And there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any sense of like, uh, resignation. It's more like, no, this is, this is kind of like going to church, you know, you just show up. You know, this is what we do on the weekends or this yeah. is where we are. And, and it's I community. think it's community and yeah. that's to me that that shows me that this isn't going away, that this isn't just like a one and done sort of thing. Like there is a very deliberate uh, group of um, progressives. Uh, activists uh, political operatives are the ones who will hopefully pick up on the scent and realize that this is truly a political opportunity. But I don't think that the activists at this point really are that concerned with the, the political side. Like this is, this is developing into a self-sustaining apparatus on its own. And I think that that's, that's power building right there. Um, And, and I, and I think that that's, that's what needs to happen. You know, um, I think what we're seeing in America in the 21st century is what happens when like a progressive coalition comes together and doesn't get shut down by the, the, the political elite, you know, that's, that's, that's revolutionary on its own because, for centuries, that has always been very bloodily put down. Well, well yeah, we should probably <laughs> not end it on that note. <laughs> I don't know, man. Tell me, I it feels good to be talking again. Though. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And it's yeah. good to it's good to just like put things on paper. It's good thing. Um, I I'm really enjoying just the the process of podcasting. Yeah. I know i've mentioned it before but getting sources and compiling things and really like broadening and deepening the depth of our knowledge for each episode is pretty cool and you know your reach your research skills are on point man
0: well, yeah <laughs> i appreciate that i i um i mean it's it's definitely good for me because it's it's forcing me to be intentional about something that I've in the past had more bound with for mm-hmm. and just in the season of life that I'm in right now, I don't feel like plugged in. I don't feel like I'm on like the news, the cutting edge reel. I feel like I, I, yeah, I just feel like just not informed. Um, and so preparing for, um, this podcast as forcing me to create space and time to do that. And, also, just to explore, like th- the fact that we were going to be talking about, you know, L.A. and its history and what it means for a community, that had me start investigating some things I've just never investigated before. Yeah, right. Like, 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 what is it? What does it take to have a functional, multiracial community? Like, mm. just, that's just a question I've never pondered, mm-hmm. nor have I actually looked at like any sort of like academic or opinion or anything on that topic mm-hmm. and so it was really cool to like read some stuff and listen to some YouTube videos and like i found this cool organization that's like that basically researches um like white culture white mm-hmm. american culture mm-hmm. and with the with the goal of how to how to create like how to decenter whiteness and center a multicultural community yeah and it was just it was just really cool to learn that stuff and I felt uh, like I felt like it was expanding my horizons of how I think about you know issues in, in the world and our you know our community and politics in general
1: awesome awesome yeah. share those with me I, I think okay. I've only seen a small percentage of what you've been looking at but send them to that uh, email address I will yeah yeah People's House for United Left That's right. at Gmail, and um, I'll take a read that our listeners can also email email or, us. So if we ever get
0: listeners, some like fan mail, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> send it whoo- to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, say it again. What's the, what's the uh, People's House for numeral four uh, United Left and Gmail? And we will be sure to link that in the show notes. Heck yeah! That seems like uh, there's a. A common (laughs) refrain of handing out email addresses other than instead of other contact information. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Signing off.